And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everyone. Thanks very much for joining us. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. This is Sci-Fi For Me TV, live from the bunker, live-ish. Today's episode is pre-recorded. I am actually in two places at once right now. Because day job stuff, but I wanted to go ahead and have something for you for Tuesday. So, uh, so here we go. All right, let's start with um, with the usual things, folks. If you are uh, of a mind to consume your content. As a podcast, we're on a number of podcast players available around all over the place. So uh, you can find us over there. Uh, we're going to monitor comments, uh, email, live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com. We continue to monitor Comic-Con updates and changes in their schedule. And that brings me to our very first item for today, because I want to get this out there. We posted this on Monday in the social media, but I have come to a decision after... after a certain amount of uh, deliberation and back and forth a little bit in my own head, I have come to a decision that as a, as a media outlet, Sci-Fi for Me is not going to attend any Comic-Con or any event that requires proof of vaccination. Now, this is, this is a unilateral, I'm pulling rank decision uh, that I've made, and it's it's becoming increasingly clear to me, and this is my personal feeling on things, but it has become increasingly clear that a lot of this uh, vaccination mandate or anything like that, uh, one, the, the guy in the, in, the, in the White House, the administration, does not have the authority, the constitutional authority, to do what he wants to do, and and this order that came out saying that everybody's got to get a get a jab, and companies with 100 employees or more need to mandate that their employees have it, he's basically uh, forcing or heavily influencing businesses to uh, get involved in medical decisions and. One, it's not legal. Two, uh, it's it's not uh, something that I think is the beginning of a good road to travel down. So as events decide that they're going to 
require vaccinations, uh, we're not we're not going to we're not going to cover them. We're not going to uh, we're not going to attend if there's an opportunity to do so. And that means that coming up October 23rd, the original the original plan was for us to be at Fountain City Minicon. And they are uh, in that group that's going to have, you know, either a proof of vaccination or a 72 hour test. And I don't think that either one of those is an acceptable option. So we're not going to attend Fountain City Minicon this uh, this this month. And I don't know what that means for us in the future, because as long as people are playing into the narrative uh, with this with this disease that has a 99% survival rate, uh, we are going to deal with people who are taking positions that may or may not be based entirely on the science. And the science is coming out. We are getting more and more data that seems to indicate that uh, these... Uh, these vaccinations, so-called, uh, have just as much risk, if not more so. So I'm not requiring anybody on the staff here to have that done, to, to do that, nor am I asking them. Uh, I, did, I did send a note out to basically say, you know, hey, Fountain City's doing this, who's vaccinated and, and willing to attend. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. And let the chips fall where they may. And people are starting to stand up and say this kind of thing is not acceptable. And I am among those. I don't believe that you should have or not have. I think the choice is up to you. I think uh, that decision should be between you and your doctor. And it's nobody else's business anywhere else on the planet. And, you know, you can make arguments about HIPAA and you can make arguments about Nuremberg Code and all these other different things. And studies have come out basically saying that this, this, these, these vaccinations have proven to have side effects with a select number of people. You look at some of the data there. There's cause for concern. So there is that. So I wanted to get that out of the way first because it's it's maybe maybe not anything. It may not be worth the the time or the effort to even put that out there, but I'm going to put that out there. All right. So first thing, first item of uh of the day, we've got this uh where uh let's see here. Where Alan Horn appears to be going out, finally. This headline here in The Hollywood Reporter, Disney movie studio veteran Alan Horn to retire at end of year. Uh, this is uh, basically saying he's going to retire from Disney as of December 31st after leading the company's film empire to record-breaking success. His exit coinciding with the end of the Bob Iger era caps a 50-year-plus career that has seen him become one of Hollywood's most revered executives. Okay, so Alan Horn is on his way out. This is now official, and we've... 
those of us who have been paying attention to this, we've known that he's been on his way out at Disney for a while now because, you know, when Bob Iger announced that he was stepping down as CEO, Bob Chapek came into that position from the parks side of things. Uh, they said, you know, Iger and Alan Horn are both on their way out at the same time. So this doesn't come as any surprise. But I think it's notable that it's now officially in the trades, deadline of variety, all of the all of the magazines that matter are reporting on this. So it is now officially official that Alan Horn is retiring. I would expect that at some point, maybe in the next couple of weeks, month, maybe, uh, do we get this kind of coverage on Bob Iger's exit when Bob Iger finally exits because he was supposed to be done and then this pandemic lockdown hit and he stepped back into operations. Whether Bob Chapek was happy with that or not depends on who you ask. But I think it's interesting that they're giving us, uh, they're giving us a few columns on Alan Horn officially retiring. So, does that mean that Bob Iger is officially going to be out of the picture as well? We don't know. Uh, it would be interesting to see uh, how that goes. This is going to be a short show today, by the way, because I don't have I, I don't I don't know that you want to spend an entire hour with me ranting without being able to interact with people, and I don't have a whole lot that I want to say about a bunch of different things, but just a couple of a couple of items. The Alan Horn thing, of course, that's breaking news. So okay, we didn't we this is not anything new. We've known that this was going to happen. And we've also known that this other thing was going to happen. DC Comics making it official that as of uh, Superman Son of Kal-El number 5, Jonathan Kent, who is the current Superman in the DC titles, and there's a story there, I'll get to it in a minute, he apparently is coming out as bisexual. And what a shock and surprise, right? Because they just did this, what, three or four weeks ago with Tim Drake, the Robin, a Robin, and Harley Quinn, and whoever else. I, it's just, DC Comics is becoming a one-trick pony. How do, we, how do we get people interested in these titles? I know. Let's change their sexual orientation. And it's not just DC. It's Marvel doing it, too. Marvel did it to, to, to Iceman. This is not how you create something interesting. And the timing of all of these things, I mean, the, the whole Tim Drake thing happened during Pride Week. Okay, fine. You, you coincide with an, with an event day. Uh, this news came on Monday, which was the National Coming Out Day. So it's clearly a marketing ploy. It's clearly designed to pander to a particular group of people. And it's also, I think, it's worth noting here that the Hollywood Reporter, they make no distinction that this Superman is not Superman. 
This is the son of Superman. But their headline, Superman comes out as bisexual in DC Comics' latest. And you go back to comic book resources when they say DC Robins come out at as bisexual in a new Batman comic. They don't make any distinction which Robin, which Superman. Now, for those of you who don't know, if you've not been following, Robin, Tim Drake, is the fourth or fifth or sixth different one to carry the title of Robin. It's not Dick Grayson, the original Robin. But people who are out in the general public who don't follow comics, they're not going to know the distinction. They're not going to understand the distinction. They're going to think, oh, Batman and Robin. It's Robin. It's the same Robin that's always been Robin. And then you get these titles saying Superman's coming out as bisexual. Nobody's going to know that this is Jonathan Kent because then you have to explain that Jonathan Kent is the son of Clark Kent and Clark Kent is off the planet out at War World and he's married to Lois Lane, and oh, by the way, this whole storyline has been going on for years and nobody knew about it. You're going to have to explain the backstory in order to get people to understand that this is not really Superman. It's not Clark Kent. It's not Kal-El. But see, this is the way they do it. This is their, this is their, this is their way of changing a legacy character into something that's more along the lines of what they want to do as activists rather than as storytellers. This is a gimmick, and it's become a tired gimmick, and it's, it's along the lines of character deaths from the 80s and 90s. This was the thing. Robin was killed. Jason Todd. Different Robin, by the way. Robin was killed in the 80s. Late 80s, early 90s. And it was a big stunt because they did the whole phone number thing. Dial this number if you want him to live. Dial this number if you want him to die. And blah, 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 blah. They killed off Superman. They broke Batman's back with Bane. So Bruce Wayne was no longer Batman. They've done this kind of thing. Character deaths. They've killed Alfred, I don't know how many times now. It doesn't last. It doesn't, it doesn't stick. Because you cannot kill a major character like Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman or Green Lantern or The Flash and expect people to stay with you if you replace those characters with new characters. Now, with Flash, that was a whole generation of people who grew up with Wally West as the Flash, but he started out as Kid Flash. And then Barry Allen came back from the dead after almost 30 years. He died during the Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline. And after that, Wally West was the Flash. And it was a natural progression. And people, okay, Wally West is the Flash now. And you have a whole generation of people who grew up with Wally West as the Flash. And now that Barry is back, Wally is not Kid Flash. He doesn't get demoted. 
and it looks like Calderon is going to be the new Aquaman. But Calderon is gay or bisexual or whatnot, so now we can make the headline, Aquaman comes out as gay. Aquaman's a bisexual now. My biggest question on this, who cares? Why is it such a big heapum deal for comic books, of all things, to be promoting and pandering this kind of lifestyle to kids? Now I get it. Some people are going to sit there and say, well, people are born that way. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. That's my personal opinion. And the science, nobody has ever come up with any kind of genetic code anywhere in the strand that says, here it is. Here's the gay gene. Doesn't exist. It is a combination, I think, of upbringing and environment more than anything else. I am of the personal opinion that it is a choice, whether conscious or subconscious or whatever, I don't know, but I don't believe that anybody is born that way. And I think that when corporations, companies like fill-in-the-blank, DC, Marvel, Apple, Reebok, Nike, whoever, they spend their whole Pride Month with their rainbow-colored logo and they say, that all the, they say all the things that all the people want to hear, but nothing changes. They say that just to pander to a particular demographic which really doesn't make up a huge percentage of the overall population, even in the United States. Three to five percent, maybe. Seven percent, maybe. They got an awful lot of influence in the direction the bus goes for not having a whole lot of people in that, in that population, according to the census data. Why is there such a big push in comics... And in other places, you look at the television shows that we've got. I mean, I, I did a count one time on the Arrow shows. We had something like 22-25% of the main characters were non-heterosexual in some way. Why is it such a big deal? Why is, it such a, such, why is there such a heavy emphasis put on this? These characters have to be celebrated. Because of this one thing. Now I want you to think about something. I want you to think about I want you to think about this. Because I'm going to ask a question. I want you to think about any of your friends or family members or co-workers who are out of the closet and who are self-identifying as non-heterosexual, whether they're gay, bisexual, pansexual, whatever. Doesn't matter. I want you to think of those people just for a moment. And I'm going to ask you, when you think of these people 
who are in your lives in some way, shape, or form, whether it's job or family or whatever, how many of you immediately identify these people and think of them only in terms of their sexual orientation? How much does that really, really matter? I would venture to say and speculate here that it doesn't really matter a whole lot unless there's somebody in the mix making it an issue. Things don't become problems until people create problems. And... I saw something the other day, and I don't, I don't know where this was. People are starting to talk about it. There, some, somewhere, somebody is offering pole dancing classes to kids. Folks, we cannot, we cannot normalize this kind of thing. Now, it, you're a grown-up. You're on your own. You take care of yourself. You can make your own decisions. Whatever you think you want to do, that's fine. You go do you. But you leave our kids alone. Because the kids don't know any better about anything. And they don't know who they are. And they don't know what they want to do with their lives. And they have to be given some kind of stable, normal life so that they can make those decisions for themselves when they're old enough and in control of their own lives. It's called responsibility. We have to teach our kids responsibility so that they can then take responsibility for themselves. At that point, you want to make a decision that that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Go do you. But a five-year-old doesn't have the cognitive ability to make that decision. A ten-year-old doesn't have the cognitive ability to make that kind of decision. And comic books, it could still be argued that comic books are, quote-unquote, for kids. I don't think that that's the case anymore. I think we've got an entire generation of people who are writing and drawing comic books for the adults who collect comic books, not for the kids who want to read comic books. And so here we are with our event and with our pandering and posturing and comic books have always been political and all that garbage and razzmatazz. This is not going to increase sales, DC, because the people you're pandering to don't care. They don't buy your product. Some do. But not enough to make a difference. There's a lot of noise on Twitter. But there's not a lot of people who are on Twitter as a percentage of the population. I think it's, what, 2%? 2 million people 
maybe. Not even that much. Who knows? Who knows? The, who, the, the people who are actually using social media, they don't matter. Social media doesn't matter. And as we've said before, you put way too much stock in what Twitter thinks about anything. Twitter doesn't matter. Facebook doesn't matter. YouTube. Parlor, Gab. Locals. MeWe. Minds. Getter. Telegram. TikTok. Instagram. Pinterest. Snapchat. Any of them. They don't matter. Because all they are is an opportunity to market yourself. Whether it's a business promoting the product and service that the business creates, which is what we use it for generally, or you have individuals who are presenting their lives in a curated way, so you see them in a certain light. Social media does not reflect reality 100% of the time. And for any company to make a decision based on what they think social media will think about them is wrong-headed. It's a bad idea. Now, certainly, audience reactions and feedback, people send comments and people send emails and they do whatever, sure, that's part of the mix of determining whether your efforts are successful or not. But don't put all your eggs in one basket and say, okay, well, if Twitter likes it, then we're gold. Because Twitter is not representative of the entire population, of the people that you're trying to market your product to. We put way too much emphasis on social media. Way too much. And there is going to come a day, and hopefully it comes sooner rather than later, there's going to come a day where the entire social media metaverse collapses in on itself. Facebook will go away. Twitter will go away. Whether it's by their own hand or something else happens. And I'll tell you another thing. This, this, this thing with Facebook... With the, with the whistleblower that came out here, this, this Francis Hogan, the timing of this really smells like three-day-old bad fish. Because she's in the course of a week, in less than a week, she has a 60-minute segment, she's testifying in front of Senate committees, and suddenly... She's on Twitter with a blue check mark and 
tens of thousands of followers, just overnight. And her entire position is that we need more censorship. This is a plant. This has all the earmarks of strategery from Facebook in order to put into place more censorship, not less censorship, more censorship. We're going to police your thoughts. We're going to police your actions. This is just like that one, that one photograph that everybody was, was making the rounds last week, and it was all covered up. And all it was was people need to stand up for themselves. There's no violence in it. There's no blood. There's no gore. There's no nudity. There's no sex. No, nothing. Nothing wrong with the picture at all. But everybody that posted it, Facebook covered it. Except me. I don't know why. It's very, very strange that this photograph has triggered so much angst from Facebook. But they haven't covered it on my account yet, and I don't know why. It's very strange. Don't tell anyone. Shh, it's our little secret. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is. But we need to walk away from all of the social medias. Now, I say that with a certain appreciation for the irony, given that we're on all of these social media accounts, but we use it primarily to try to attract an audience. We want people to come and watch our shows. We want people to listen to our shows, our podcasts. We want people to come to our website and read our reviews and our articles. So in that sense, yes, we have to use social media because we don't have a whole lot of money to spend on advertising. We take what we get. But if I had to do it over again, never would have gotten on Facebook at all, ever. So that's the state of the world here at the bunker. So we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and head out. Folks, remember the Superman bisexual thing. It's not Clark Kent. It's Jonathan Kent. Yes, whatever. It's dumb. It's not going to last. It's a gimmick. It'll get retconned or fixed or whatever. Who knows? I don't know. Nobody's buying these books anyway. So why does it matter? It is just part and partial to an entire group of people. This school of thought that they have that we're going to change the world. A bunch of activists who want to change everything. In the name of my diversity or whatever. I don't know. I don't care. This too shall pass. Anyway, alright. So that's it. If you've got thoughts, you can leave comments. If you don't agree, that's fine. But at least be civil about not agreeing. You can send us an email live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom You can leave a comment on the videos. Make sure... If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe both here on both on YouTube and on Odyssey. Because you never know. You never know 
YouTube may one day decide that we are persona non grata and we belong on the ban list. You never know. It could happen like that. So find us over on Odyssey. And of course, we're on all the socials, so you can find us there, including all of the alternative socials, most of the alternative socials. So you can find us. Sci-Fi for me is, is all of the accounts are the same thing. So connect with us over there. Uh, be sure to uh, leave us a thumbs up if you are so inclined. And we'll do this again. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Remember, they want you to think there are five lights. But there are only four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 